Have you ever struggled with accepting compliments? Do you have boundaries? What are our actually boundaries and why do we have them in our life? I'm so glad you asked. This is Debbie McAllister and this is Light Up Your Worth. And I want to first start by welcoming you to Happy Mother's Day to all my mamas out there or aunties who are giving out so much love to the world and everything that you do. I think you'll really, really love this episode as we talk through kicking that imposter syndrome and really embracing our own authentic self. So my guest today is Carrie, and we're going to go through her journey and how she was really able to gain her own authentic confidence. So thanks for being here. Can't wait to share this episode with you. And if you haven't already subscribed, I would love if you would do that for me. Enjoy. And again, happy Mother's Day. Woo! Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. This podcast is for you, the spiritual curious woman seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate a life transition and move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new and radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey through transition. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, it'll motivate you, and light up your worth. Hi, this is Debbie, and this is Light Up Your Worth, and I'm so excited today to introduce today's guest, Carrie Jokala. And Carrie is a Reiki master, Yoo-hoo, I love Reiki, <laughs> fitness instructor, host of her own podcast, The Energy Within. So if you haven't uh, heard that, go ahead and subscribe. It's really, really good. And she's the mom of two super adorable boys who I've met. <laughs> and she is on a mission to help women feel confident being themselves. And couldn't we all use a little bit more confidence, embrace their full essence and accept their sole purpose and start taking action on it. So welcome, Carrie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited uh, to join you. Um, Have you joined me, I should say. (laughs) And really, you know, so interested in how you came from becoming like a Reiki master and the fitness instructor and kind of pulling it all together to where you really have a mission to help women with their confidence. It's been a journey itself. <laughs> I, I've been, I guess you could say struggling for a long time to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do, how I'm really supposed to help people. Like even all the other, like say side hustles and things that I had attempted in the past, I could never really solidify like what my why was or what made me different versus all the other people who were doing the same thing, you know, and I always knew I wanted to like help uplift and empower people, but that's so like broad and out there. It's like, okay, but then how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I finally, once I started my Reiki journey, I kind of had the same thing. Like, I don't know what my specific 
niche through this is going to be because you can literally Reiki anything, mm -hmm. <laughs> anything, sure and every, yep. anything and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm just going to start doing it and see what happens. You know, what usually comes up with the people who are attracted to me? What are their results usually? And I'm finding it's been a little over a year and a half since I started learning Reiki that a lot of the women who come to me have the same struggle that I had. They're struggling with their confidence level, their self-esteem. They're trying to figure out their purpose. They know that they're here for something bigger. They just don't know how to do it or they know how to do it, but they're afraid to step out and start doing it. So I having having been in that kind of position and now finally starting to take action myself and push myself out there, that's been how I've learned and discovered beyond that. Like, so now seeing like what kind of results my clients are getting, what kind of things are typically coming to me for. And then also just through doing the thing and taking action myself, I've been evolving and figuring out what I've been, um, what my mission is. And in fact, when I sent you my bio, I actually just updated it mm -hmm. right before I sent it to you because just a couple days ago, that's what came to me as a result of literally something as simple, I guess you could say, as starting to post one reel a day on Instagram made me realize that like, this is how I'm showing my goofy side versus all my other posts, like my static posts and things like that, where like, there's still my personality in there but it's not like it's meant to be inspirational. And so it's, it comes across a little more serious. And then when I get to do the reels, I'm a little more fun and, you know, flamboyant, I guess. <laughs> the entertainer that I typically am when I'm up in front of people, they say teaching classes or doing other things like that. And I realized that's actually part of what I'm meant to help people with then is embracing <laughs> their weirdness and their goofy side and then taking that a step further once you can embrace that part of yourself and fully accept it and not worry about what other people are going to think then you can really step into what your purpose is and accept the big mission that has been placed on your shoulders and start to take action on it what a, a an incredible way something is simple not so simple right right yeah i was just on your <laughs> ig account and i'm like oh my gosh these are so funny <laughs> the music the animation and i was like, oh, this is great i was like oh i really need to do that you know and and so i love that you've embraced that side of you like it really it feels so authentic when you're doing it Thank like you. <laughs> that's what you would do if we were sitting in person mm -hmm. <laughs> with having fun and yet you know it's really making yourself super visible what another way to really test yeah. your own confidence mm -hmm. for anybody who's ever done reels like it's a big thing to be able to do that every day oh yeah yeah to showcase yourself <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is for a while I was I like I have lost track of how many other reels I have saved in Instagram because I liked the audio and what they did with it. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And then you know what happens, they just build up <laughs> and you never <laughs> go back to them. And finally, one day I had like a couple ideas that popped into my head because my other issue was like, I have all these ideas, but they don't relate to Reiki or anything like that. 
and um, they always say like all the business advice around reels is make sure it's related to your niche and I'm like but I don't always have niche related ideas and this thing would be really funny and I got to a point where I'm talking to one of my friends and I'm like maybe I should just do it anyway like who cares I'll just do it yeah. or maybe I'll maybe I'll open up a second account just for reels that have nothing to do with anything you know and then maybe <laughs> that'll like trickle some traffic over and then she's like just do it who cares and I'm like you know what that makes sense because a lot of the messages that I've received and signs that I've been given and like when other people do like intuitive readings for me or pull cards and things like that I've gotten the message over and over again that I'm actually not supposed to do things business-wise exactly the way that other people teach it or say that you have to do things this mm-hmm. way so but then what was funny about that is as soon as I accepted that idea all these niche related ideas <laughs> poured into my head and I'm like so then I wrote out I've got like two pages worth of reminders written out for topics with audios that I want to use and then I've added a few more I got a couple more ideas just from doing a session with somebody yesterday as we're doing this session I'm in the Akashic Records for her and I'm like hang on I got an idea for a reel <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's but fabulous. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, I, do you think, do, what do you think that the correlation is between holding back, afraid of what people are thinking and our confidence? That's a loaded question. <laughs> it is a loaded question, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I'll speak to my experiences. Confidence was something that I struggled with so much as I was growing up and like my grade school years in particular, I like, I literally had no friends. Like I was that kid who got picked last in gym class, like no joke, not, (laughs) not not a stereotype that actually happened to me all the time, alone on the playground, kind of really intentionally excluded from things like people actually telling me like I'm not allowed to jump into their group like even if it was something in the middle of a class like for a class like no our group is closed you know we're not letting anybody else in things like that would happen to me all the time and I was able to tough through it for a long time because I still had like I was I've always been a positive upbeat happy person um my I you know had a good home life and you know I would come home and know how loved I was and my parents would always tell me how how awesome I was and they would help me keep a positive outlook and you know not to worry things can get better in the future you just keep being yourself all that kind of stuff but I wasn't so much ever bullied as I was like the exclusion and then made fun of and over time that starts to get to you when it's just one after another and you're not finding your people who are uplifting you you're just kind of alone by yourself trying to fend off all of these <laughs> things that people are throwing at you and i know one of the things that that started to break me down was like i actually learned not to accept compliments because they would almost always turn out to be a backhanded joke. So that turned me off from accepting compliments and that took a long time for me to be able to turn that around and see anybody as being genuine. Like I would just instead just completely not accept it to protect myself from getting hurt. And 
that coupled with being made fun of made me worry all the time about what other people might think of me. So I held back a lot. So even, even being a theater major in college, like I was a writing major and a theater major, but I held back a lot and did not do as well as I probably could have in the theater part of it because even acting and pretending to be somebody else, I was worried that people were going to laugh at me or do something, you know, say something, you know, about how awful I was or stupid I was or, you know, Mm -hmm. so it, it really, worrying about what other people think is a strong thing that holds you back from being your authentic self. And so we put up these walls so that we don't get hurt, so that we don't have to feel sad. But then it also makes life not as fun. You know, you, you're you not, you know that something's missing because you're not being your full authentic self. And I would always have these ideas of things to say or do, or, you know, a movie quote that would pop in my head that I think that would be really funny if I said that. But then I would overthink it, not say anything, and then the moment would pass. So I probably could have been a lot more confident and a lot funnier when I was younger (laughs) if I had just done that. And then I kind of finally told myself there wasn't any specific moment, but I just remember talking to myself at one point and just being like, just start doing it. Like just say or do whatever pops into your head within reason, of course, but (laughs) like just, just if something pops into your head that you think is funny, just say it and who cares? So I just started opening my mouth or doing the thing that I thought would be funny. And lo and behold, some people was, would think that it was funny and they would react. And that started to build that part of my confidence a little bit. And a couple of the things that really fast forwarded that for me, well, I'll say the main one that really fast forwarded was actually teaching group exercise classes because now you're up in front of a group of people, which I love. Like I've always loved being the center of attention, being up (laughs) and performing. And I love making people smile and have fun. So like, that's why I like being up there. And I love the workout that I first got certified in. So I was just passionate about sharing that. And from watching other fitness videos and the instructor videos, and then of course the training that I went through, you, want to build rapport with the people who are taking your class. You want to make them have a good time. So you don't want to be 100% focused on just cueing the moves. You want to talk to them a little bit. So in the beginning, I would, I had to prep a little bit of like, okay, what am I going to talk about during the warmup? What happened to me today that was funny or that I can, you know, kind of just riff about while I'm, while I'm leading at least the warmup. And then we'll talk about something else during the cool down. And I pulled those kind of ideas and figuring that kind of thing out from my days in college and being the manager of the radio station. That kind of helped me build up the the banter side of things. So I pulled that in and started using that to prep for teaching my classes. And then over time, it just started to become natural. And now you can't shut me up. Like sometimes I have to tell myself like, hang on, give them a physical cue about what they should be doing during their squat. And then you can continue your story. (laughs) 
And then I started like, okay, maybe I'll tell, oh, I, I learned a funny joke. I'll tell a joke. And then telling, intentionally telling bad jokes, like dad jokes. Mm-hmm. I love dad jokes. <laughs> became part of my thing as well. And then me just being goofy, like I just let that out. And people stayed. <laughs> And they kept coming back to my classes and that was more affirmation there that like, okay, I'm funny or at least entertaining, or at least I'm not annoying enough to push them away (laughs) (laughs) because they're coming back and they're bringing friends. So (laughs) like that was kind of the beginning, I guess, of what really fast forwarded it Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Yeah. Once you can really step into that and it like, Cause I would, here's one other, one other piece of it. There was a part of the warm up in this, um, first workout that I taught was turbo kick. It's the first thing I ever got certified in. And during part of the warm up, you have about eight counts of music, maybe 16. I forget. It's been a while, but where you're just supposed to dance. No. Oh. <laughs> and of course, not everybody wants to do that, but I had gotten so used to it that I didn't, it didn't even bother me anymore. Like this just this is just what we do. Like, I'm just, you know, whatever. And I eventually accepted that not everybody. And in fact, sometimes nobody would do that part with me. (laughs) They would just kind of like, maybe like a little shimmy or something (laughs) or a little step tap. And then like, just wait for, (laughs) wait for the next stretch to come up. And that got me saying things like, I don't care. I'll dance by myself, whatever. And then that just got ingrained in me. So I started to embrace that. And you know what? I don't care if anyone else dances or sings or laughs with me. I think I'm funny and I'm just going to keep doing it. So that just kind of helped ingrain that in me and then has filtered into the rest of my life as I've been on (laughs) the rest of this journey. That was a really long-winded answer to your question. Did that answer? It is so beautiful (laughs) though to hear that, right? Because how many people listening now where that person who just didn't feel, you know, they're excluded. Sorry, this group is Mm -hmm. closed. I mean, that's really kind of a tough place to go from to then be able to really empathize with women who might still feel that. Or if you've gone through some type of life transition Mm -hmm. and now you're trying to find like, you're really stepping into it maybe much later in life of you want to say those comments, you want to be you want to share your thoughts and to be able to know that it is, it's possible to go from just one or two times and then to grow that, that confidence yeah. in yourself. Right. And I think we all get, um, I know Kathy Heller says it a lot is about stop being vanilla mm-hmm. and really, but I don't like that phrase are. because I really mm-hmm. like vanilla, but I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like vanilla too but (laughs) But I know what you mean though I know what you mean yeah you know like (laughs) like embrace all those little quirk quirks right some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that we actually beat ourselves up over internally inside of ourselves and then we hold ourselves back and maybe maybe the people around you today won't actually think that's funny right but somebody else will and those are your people and it builds your own confidence I mean And that's exactly what I found is when you stop worrying about what the people around you who about what the people around you might think, and you're just fully you, you will attract the people who get you. It might not happen right away, but they will find you. (laughs) Right? Yes. 
because people yes. are people are attracted to people who are confident to people who are just being themselves because when it's when it's a true confidence not like the braggadocious look at me kind of thing that people label confidence i don't think that's confidence whatsoever mm -hmm. i think that that is covering up for low self-esteem most people actually are struggling when they're acting like that there's something going on that they're hiding they don't want you to know and that's not necessarily a negative on them it just means they have something that they need to work on you know mm -hmm. and they're not just they're just not willing to face up to it just yet but when it's a true confidence that's a quiet confidence it's calm it's easy it's comfortable and that's why people are attracted to people like that because they know that when they're in your presence that they can then be comfortable to be themselves like you project mm -hmm. that energy and people want to be themselves people naturally want to be like that so that they're attracted to that energy when they sense that well that's a really good way to describe it the difference because i know mm -hmm. we do see a lot of like imposter syndrome now do you think that you can have confidence maybe you have confidence in multiple areas of your life right like motherhood or maybe parts of your career and then there's other parts that you're just not as confident you know almost like a big uh, pie i'm thinking of like a chart pie you know <laughs> not a, not a pie, pie that you eat right i've been in excel a lot this last week <laughs> can i tell you my favorite pie chart really quick yes please so it's an actual pie and there's a slice cut out and the description is that this is the most accurate pie chart ever and the piece that's cut out is labeled pie i have eaten <laughs> and everything else is pie i have not yet eaten <laughs> Cute. It's accurate. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but when you were going through this journey, you know, I find that I think I've been a confident person in quite a few areas of my life. But then there are moments in time where whether something has happened in life or it's something new, like you're trying something new and you need those attaboys or just really starting to believe like, I am funny. Like I am mm -hmm. like, you know, that, that part of you. And I, I, I believe that that kind of happens. You just got to keep testing that and testing it until it grows, but that you can be really good in one area, feeling authentic, confident. And then as you stretch yourself, that you're going to become comfortable in that uncomfortable with your confidence and mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts around that well again i can give you a personal example so some an area where people have been surprised to learn that i had a lot of imposter syndrome so i am i first when i got into fitness i got certified in group fitness so i had the specialty certifications or turbo kick hip-hop hustle pio insanity like a whole bunch of stuff um, and I've since added on <laughs> beyond that because I'm still teaching today. But then later on, as I wanted to be more involved in fitness because I loved it so much, trying to figure out what else to do that didn't require me to teach, you know, 10 classes a day. Because first of all, where are you going to find that's going to let you teach 10 classes a day? Unless you're this one woman that I know who apparently did. <laughs> oh, she did that and was still alive. But, <laughs> but to find a way to be in it without having to teach multiple classes that involve you having to move your body because that's too much movement, too much exercise that's going to drain you, kill you eventually, you know. 
And I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe personal training is the next step, you know, getting one-on-one with people or small groups or things like that. And I had a thought in the beginning, I'm like, am I going to like that? Cause I love being the performer. Like my heart is in the performance and group exercise and making it fun for people. And like, is that, am I going to find that boring? Am I, am I even going to be good at that? And cause at the time I was really only teaching pre-choreographed classes. So all I had to do was learn the choreography and then go teach it. I wasn't yet designing my own classes. And I decided to take the leap and I was really excited about it. I got hired um, as a personal trainer in one gym and then eventually was able to work at what I call my home gym where I was teaching all of my classes. And I did like it. I loved my clients. It was always fun working with my clients, but for some reason. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are gonna pause for a moment and we'll be right back. As a soulful spiritual woman, are you looking to engage with other heart-centered women and really get to know each other, share your businesses, refer each other? Well, if you are one of these women like myself, I founded in an organization called Polka Dot Powerhouse. And I'm part of the Carson City, Nevada chapter, and they're located globally. So lots and lots of chapters. So if you're interested in learning more about this, I highly encourage you to go to polka.powerhouse.com and take a look at the chapters there. And if you're interested in joining, let them know that you heard about us through myself, Debbie McAllister, and this is Light Up Your Worth. I hope to see you there. I always had like a really strong imposter syndrome when it came to the personal training side of things. So I have the knowledge, I have the certification. I have transferred that knowledge into designing my own group exercise classes, like taking what I've learned from that to make really effective and fun, um, you know, freestyle classes, I would call it. But for some reason, even though I could obviously do it, I had clients, they liked me, they liked the workouts, there was always good feedback. internally i was always like people are gonna find out that i don't really know what i'm doing because like all so like i told you what i went to school for writing in theater mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i'm also a musician like so i jumped into being in a band which is actually how i met my husband side story um and you know was doing that for a while all these other different side hustles you know and then all of a sudden um sorry i'm losing my train of thought where was i headed with that uh, so I had, so I had, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go back to, you know, what I went to school for. And when they made our bios at the gym, it was, you know, your little blurb about yourself and what you like to focus on and help people with and all that. And then where, what your degree is in. Everybody else, exercise science, biology, sports medicine, or whatever, you know, like all of this <laughs> science exercise related stuff and while yeah i went through a certification i studied i tested i passed (laughs) (laughs) i've been teaching fitness for years at this point even prior to getting the personal trainer certification i was like writing in theater (laughs) (laughs) and and i just i know that nobody around me cared we were a big family everybody was super supportive 
But yet, for some reason, just inside my own head, I was like, they're going to find out that I'm a fraud. They're going to find out I don't know what I'm really doing because I don't remember every single muscle, every single bone, all the tendons that are connected. <laughs> like, I can tell you how to do a squat and I can tell you the proper form and how to do it effectively and I can describe it for you and show you and move you and I know what's working in connection with that. But what, like all these other people, like they can get down to the nitty gritty and like we're moving this muscle and this is this is the thing attached to that and it's going to affect this and I'm like... Like, yeah, I can give you a fun workout and tell you some stories while you're. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I always, for whatever reason, just I had that little bit of a block back there. But I think part of it was that my my heart is in group exercise. It's in the performance, the, the one-to-many versus the one-to-one when it comes to that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, beyond that, like the imposter syndrome can show up. I, I, I'm aware that it can show up even for people who are like at the highest level of whatever it is that they do. You know, if mm-hmm. it, it's got some kind of deep rooted fears, some blocks that are going on and they're just things that we have to work through personally and figure out why they're there. Cause it probably stems from something that happened <laughs> in the past or maybe a past life. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to, to deal with, but it's, it's very real. And I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's immune to it. Even if you're, you're 100% confident in 97% of the other areas of your life, yeah. <laughs> it can still show up in that other 3% and it can hold you back. Yeah. I think it's important for people to remember that too, right? Like, those moments are why we surround ourselves with like-minded people and why when you genuinely see something that somebody's doing really well, we should share it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, don't hold it back. You know, I I think as women, you know, us lifting each other up or it's just so, so important as a culture, you know, versus, Oh, picking on, something that it really doesn't matter, you know, right. In the big scheme of things, you know? Um, so I'm curious then to find out how you went from being such a, a badass, you know, fitness instructor into interweaving like Reiki. That is just really, um, you know, how did, how did Reiki find its way to you? And opening up your caustic records, which is another step afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and how did how did that all kind of unfold for you? So I've always kind of been interested in like the spiritual side of things. And like the first reason that I ever went hunting for any essential oils was for spiritual reasons, like to take a bath with like put this in and that in and all that kind of stuff, which um, led me to kind of when I was trying to figure out the beginning stages of really trying to figure out my purpose and what I should be doing while I was working in a car dealership, (laughs) (laughs) you know, obviously not something that lights me up or meant to be a final stop for me. (laughs) I'm made for more. And I, I don't remember exactly how I stumbled on the fact that Reiki or any energy work is a thing. I just remember that I found it. I know it came around the time that I discovered that people are actually called happiness coaches. Like there's happiness coaches out there. I'm like, 
I'm a happy person. I can teach people to be happy. And I just started looking up books and looking up all these other things to research. And somehow around that time, I came across like energy healing and aura healing. And I tried to look into finding a teacher. This was about 2009. And I discovered that I knew a couple people locally that taught Reiki. And one of them, I'm sure he's a great guy now. I don't remember anything directly with him in grade school, but he's from my grade school days. Oh. So in my mind, <laughs> he is associated with that time of my life when I was afraid people were going to make fun of me because they were making fun of me, you know. So I, I reached out to him just to ask, but then I just wasn't sure. It, was, it didn't feel quite aligned to go learn Reiki from him, so I didn't go with him. I found out that a woman who, when I took dance classes, um, she was part of the group that I was in and then also a teacher there she taught Reiki and I reached out to her and she wasn't teaching Reiki at the time <laughs> so, <laughs> so even though the internet was clearly a thing at in 2009 I did not think of it as something to use for a lot of research in that way like to find a teacher for something or to find a course or things like that i would use the internet to find books to go read <laughs> about what i wanted to learn about you know maybe an article here or there but it wasn't like the go-to source for things like that yet you know mm -hmm. and i do remember that i posted a status on facebook saying that i was interested in learning about energy healing or a healing and it was sometime in 2009 August actually, 2009. And the reason I remember that is because in 2020, so that was how long I let that go before I did anything about it. Like it would occasionally pop into my head like, oh, that would have been really cool to do. Maybe, maybe I'll look into it. And then I wouldn't do anything about it. <laughs> and 2020, I'm scrolling through Facebook on my phone. And they always say that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. My teacher literally appeared to me in my Facebook feed. <laughs> it was inside of a Facebook group that I'm in for women entrepreneurs. And they were doing like this women something Wednesday and all these different women who were paid members of the group would come in and they each had like a half hour slot to either some of them were doing their intuitives and they're doing card pulls. Others were like giving business training, whatever it is that they did, they would hop on and do. And the one that I caught was the woman who ended up becoming my Reiki teacher and she was doing card pulls and I just felt like this instant connection with her. Like I was really drawn to her, really liked her energy and I was too late to get a card pull because it was only for a half hour and there's so many people in this group. So many people had already jumped in and gotten in the line for a card, but she mentioned that she did them every Friday in her own group. So I'm like, oh, I bet I have a better chance of getting a card from her there. So I followed her into her group. Eventually, um, well, not eventually, like shortly thereafter, found out that she did Reiki and taught Reiki. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe this is a sign, maybe it's time. And she also at the time just so happened to be putting together her first ever online Reiki One course. And I'm like, okay, so I started gearing up for this. I'm getting ready. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like I could feel, I could just feel it. It was like an inner knowing, like a clairsentience kind of thing. I could feel this was part of my soul's purpose. And what solidified it for me was either, it was either the day before or the day of that I officially signed up for class. 
that Facebook status popped up in my memories. <laughs> so I went, okay, you're my teacher. Take I my give, money. Here we I go. Give. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know, we say that there was, there is no synchronicity. You know, there's no like, oh, that just happened to happen happened that day you know oh like, yeah yeah the there's no coincidences so, yeah, yeah no coincidences there's the word I'm looking for and oh, I love I absolutely just think that that's fantastic that the universe was confirming yep you're mm-hmm. ready yeah <laughs> yeah and then from there just personally experiencing how receiving Reiki and then also learning Reiki helped me with my own confidence and then from that point on like just knowing that this is something I was going to do and I was going to go all the way with it. Like I'm, I'm in about a week from less than a week from the time we're recording this, I'll be Reiki master teacher. So like, I'm going all the levels, like all the way through. I just knew from the get go, like, this is something I'm going to do. This is part of my purpose. And it's been the longest that I've ever stuck with anything <laughs> that I have tried to build. So it just, it just feels so aligned and so good and I know that I'm helping people I'm getting that feedback and it's just it's so much fun (laughs) oh isn't it I absolutely love um I've been a Reiki master since 2007 wait seven five I know I found Reiki two weeks after 9-11 so it's been like 20 years since I found Reiki, but oh, wow. I waited. Uh, it took me a couple of years because I had a lot of integration. And if I'm, you know, I just really needed to continually upgrade what was happening inside mm-hmm. and let it settle in and then step forward and move on to the next level. And um, I, I love that. It really like brings up the more you talk about it, like your whole vibe just races as you're talking <laughs> about the Reiki and helping others. And so mm-hmm. I just want to reflect that back to you because Thank you. <laughs> it, it's part of when you're working with people, you must see that too, when they're onto something that really lights them up, mm-hmm. it really shows in our, in our energy of what comes around us. Yeah. So yours just really started to glow, you know, inside <laughs> through the inside. And then it just kind of shows up in your, uh, I wouldn't say your aura because I don't, I never studied auras, but uh, you know, the vibes, I can energetically feel all your vibes. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. Me that or the fact that I'm really pale. Uh Well, you're talking to me. I'm super pale. (laughs) Uh, I've had people remark that they have to keep their sunglasses on around me, especially especially during the summer because I still stay so fair. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, that it's like, I, I it reflects off, I guess the glow. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched Frasier? Yes. Do you remember his wife? Um, not Maris was Niles's wife. Um, Lilith. Um, she was like super pale. Oh yes, like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Just, I always think of this moment in one of the episodes when she and this other actor, I don't know his name. And I never really watched Star Trek, but I know that he's the guy who played Data on Star Trek. Oh, okay. I know who that <laughs> he, is. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They were sitting next to each other on a plane and they're both really pale. And a, a flight attendant comes up and says, oh my, my goodness, you two look really sick. Are you okay? Would you like me to get you anything? And Lilith goes, not unless you have any extra melanin lying around. <laughs> 
you're just the, the fair person. <laughs> like, I can't help it. And I'm not going to go tanning. I don't, I'm, I don't care. I embrace it. I embrace my weirdness. I embrace my paleness. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I used to hang around when I was young. Everybody would tan around me. And then, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get tan, too. I thought that was part of being accepted, you know? Like, I have oh, to be yeah. tan, right? And mm-hmm. I would fry if I sat out with them. And- <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I, I, at some point I just have to think, well, you know, I just have better skin because I'm not out doing that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true either, but, uh, yeah, having to embrace all parts of ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like this is who we are. Yep. And how do you think that, um, embracing who we are, having that confidence fills in with, um, boundaries. Mm. That's another well, loaded question, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe well, start with what do you think boundaries are? What is boundaries in your life? What would that look like? Like when you're working with your folks, with your ladies, mm-hmm. how does, what is boundaries? Let's start easier, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say a boundary is something you put in place to ensure your own happiness basically, mm-hmm. because when you're letting people overstep your boundaries and push your boundaries and make you feel guilty or make you feel like you have to do things that you really, truly don't want to do that you can get away with not doing. Obviously, there are some things we have to do that we don't want to do, but <laughs> in the bigger life sense of, you know, something that we don't really have to do being pushed into that or made, made to feel like we have we have to do that, you know, when we when we give into that, like that just makes for, again, that feeling of being stuck, of not feeling like you're being fully yourself, that you're not able to live your purpose because we're giving so much of ourselves to other people, you know? And there's a lot of guilt that comes along with feeling like we have to serve other people before ourselves and and say yes so that we don't make people mad and, you know, boundaries are a hard thing to not only set up, but especially to maintain, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a big deal, but the better you can get at setting them and the better you can get at maintaining them, the easier it is to keep them in place and then set new ones if you have to. Yeah. I like that definition. And I like uh, the example, you know, I remember in my twenties, somebody would, would tell me that I needed to set boundaries in my relationship. And I was like, when the world is a boundary, like tells you how far out of boundaries I had. Right. Like I didn't even know that that was a word. (laughs) And, uh, and I didn't even realize that I had no boundaries. And then now, of course, I look back all these years later and I think, wow, I really didn't even understand. I didn't have boundaries because I didn't actually understand what I needed. I didn't even acknowledge that I had needs, some, mm-hmm. some really basic needs. Um, one of the simple ones I discovered and um, was that I needed a certain amount of sleep. Yeah. Like, that's a really big, big boundary for me. And, and so when I was in my um, raising children stage of life was that, of course, sleep is like, you know, a unicorn. I, I felt like, <laughs> right. Like, 
But on those days that I had a choice, right? Like that I had mm-hmm. a choice of, okay, I can either stay up and do da-da-da for somebody else, my partner, or I can actually go to sleep mm-hmm. because tomorrow will be a better day for me. And, you know, I've gone all these days with like six hours of sleep. I need nine hours of sleep, by the way. I didn't know mm-hmm. that then, right? Because I couldn't figure out why I was so tired. Yeah. I actually need eight doesn't even do it for me. I need nine. <laughs> and and just even understanding that that's what I'm shooting for so many days a week was mm-hmm. my, was my boundary that I end up and what a difference it started to make in other areas of my life. Like, oh, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Right. Like if I'm that tired, if my tanks are so empty that I can barely function, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you need to put your sleep, you know, don't agree to go do something for somebody else. Yeah. Like having that that personal boundary it's um uh what have you found like uh in boundary setting that you've been able to link back to something kind of something that we that you've struggled with or that you've seen common with a lot of other women Hmm. especially your mom you have young you have young people right yeah (laughs) that's like a whole other challenge in itself you know the different stages of that what we go through you know, mm-hmm. different phases. I'm still working on some of the mom boundaries <laughs> and fully taking care of myself there, but it has, it has improved. And I would say like this, this falls under a boundary for me is having determined since my youngest finally started sleeping through the night. <laughs> it was hard when he wasn't sleeping through the night. It was awful. But once that finally started happening, I now usually, unless my body tells me I need more sleep, um, like it has this last week actually, but (laughs) I get up at least an hour or two before I know my kids are going to wake up so that I can have a cup of coffee in peace. (laughs) I will use that time to, like this morning I edited my podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, or I'll go through some of the courses that I'm working on. Um, like my Akashic Records course, I've been working on that in the mornings. And just to have that time to myself, like I need that time. Otherwise, if I wake up and I'm starting to put out fires right away, I am stressed. I am not happy. I'm not in a good mood. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the best mommy <laughs> that day, <laughs> you know. And I want to feel calm and presence as much as possible with my kids. Um, one boundary that I had set when I was doing personal training is when you're a personal trainer and I, I don't know why I didn't realize this. This was part of why I kind of didn't feel super aligned with doing the personal training was for some reason it didn't dawn on me how scattered your schedule (laughs) would get as a personal trainer. I somehow had it in my mind that you could set like hours that maybe they would be different every day, but you would have like between this, this time and this time I do personal training and then that's it for the day. It's like, no, you have people in the morning, people usually don't want to work out in the afternoon, and then you got to come back at night. And then, and then it's all over the place. And then some people can only go on the weekends and they can only do this day or that day. And especially when you're trying to build, you feel like you have to say yes to everybody. Because then if you don't, you know, that you might not hit your sales goal and you're going to get questioned, well, why didn't you take that client? So I'm like, well, I can't, 
I can't come and do a session at five in the morning. I just can't, you know, (laughs) I was never an early morning trainer. Like I had a couple clients, but like I tried to set a little bit of a boundary. Like I'm not doing anything before six. Like even that's pushing it, but like not before six. And what I was able to maintain, it was at least one boundary of, I do not see anybody on Sundays. I don't care. If you're only available on Sundays, I will find another trainer for you mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not going to be me. I will commit to the rotation that I'm on to teach you one boot camp class um, once a month, which falls on a Sunday, because that's just once a month. I can do that. It's fun. It's good pay. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so once a month, sure. But having to commit to someone every Sunday and then always have that possibility that they like you've had to plan for it. You've had to be ready. You had to make the plan. You had to arrange childcare. And then they might text you a half hour before, or even if you're on the way there, hey, I can't make it today. You know, and then it ruins the entire. Yeah. <laughs> so I at least was able to maintain that boundary. Yeah. For that. Um, this one gets a little more. I should say a little less concrete, but setting boundaries of like how you allow people to talk to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> how you allow people to treat you, basically. One thing that I remember hearing from Shalene Johnson, who I've followed for a long time, is that you teach other people how to treat you. So by setting boundaries, by making it clear what you will put up with and what you won't, mm-hmm. it teaches people where the boundaries are. If people don't know where the boundaries are, they push. And then when they realize they can get this far, they'll go, oh, well, let me try a little more. And then it just keeps going to the point where all of a sudden you're like, what happened? Like, I'm not me. My life doesn't look the way I want it to, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have those boundaries in place, you don't know where they are. And you also don't have a plan of what you're going to (laughs) do when they get pushed on. You're lost. It's going to be that much harder to fight that battle if you don't already know where they are and you don't have that plan. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. Hi, Debbie here. Are you a lover of essential oils, crystals, energy healing work, channeled messages, positive affirmations? Well, do I have uh, something to share with you? My friend Nikki is the owner of Sage Essential Oils. She's on Instagram, sage underscore essential oils. I'll include that in the show notes. But I wanted to share with you that she does these amazing essential oil alchemy blends that have crystals and these amazing blends of essential oils called ground alchemy calm alchemy uplift nurture daydream and they're all these really delicious and yummy blends she also includes with each order a personal intuitive affirmation that's downloaded and channeled just for you and a beautiful postcard so as a healer she's a reiki healer and she does ancestral healing sessions as well And she's located in Australia. And so if you want to try these amazing things, I highly recommend them. I love them. 
and use them in my own life. So again, her Instagram is sage underscore essential oils. Let her know that you heard about her here on Light Up Your Worth podcast. Be blessed. Yeah, yeah, I agree that you wake up one day and you're like 20 years in and you're like, how did I become a floor mat? (laughs) (laughs) With every, you know, with so many things, like how did that happen? And it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen one big swoop. It's that push, 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 but you just highlighted about, oh, mm-hmm. I think that's why it's so important to, to hold our boundaries and mm-hmm. understand why we have them. Yeah. And even there's one, I won't go into the whole story because it's a very long story, but like there was, I essentially had to fire a client <laughs> oh. when mm-hmm. I was personal training and I I think most people I would usually want to be upfront with, but this person, I had to do it in a way where he didn't know I was firing him. (laughs) (laughs) And it was something where he was, he was pushing on boundaries and it wasn't anything like there was never any kind of like sexual harassment or anything like that. It was, it wasn't that it was more like he latched on as if I was his best friend, his only friend. (laughs) And I did I have become friends with some of my clients but that kind of thing happens organically you don't force mm-hmm. something like that and he started pushing boundaries and on the surface some of the things that he would say or ask or do would seem harmless like you look at one little example by itself of you know him inviting me over to show me his record collection because he knows that I'm a musician that I like music and he really likes music and you know hey bring your husband with you know like that seems harmless, but you add on how many times he would do things like that and the invitations and the pushing and the guilt that came along with how he was asking and how often he was asking and random and then things that would get further like, hey, why don't you drive 40 minutes with me to this other gym that I just joined and I'll get you a guest pass and like weird things like that, that get like the pushing got further and further where again, still looking on the surface at individual things would seem like, oh, it's just harmless. He's just this lonely guy. You know, he's just trying to be friendly or whatever. It's like, no, like you get a feeling you, you can tell in your gut when something's Mm -hmm. off. And some people around me could see that. And I knew that there were a couple other people when I would tell the story, they'd be like, they'd raise an eyebrow, like, what are you so, what? What are you so worried about? That doesn't sound like anything, but I knew. And I had, I had to trust myself because it was getting to the point where even though he hadn't really done anything yet, I was at that point where I was like, I didn't want him to know what kind of car I drove. (laughs) I didn't want him to see my kids at the gym. You know, like it was at that point where like I had to stand up for myself and do what I had to do, even if it meant losing a client, losing out on my sales, losing out on pay. Like, I'm sorry, my, my sanity, my safety, my energy is worth more to me than that. Like I'm not that desperate for a client Mm -hmm. that I'm going to put up. Here's the boundaries. Like I'm not going to put up with being taken advantage of, treated like this. He's, you know, asking for extra like stretching sessions for free and he's showing up late and all this kind of stuff. It was this whole thing. And I found a way where like his sessions were going to end and I was conveniently you know, it didn't plan it this way. It just worked out. I was going to be going out on maternity leave. 
very shortly thereafter. And it wasn't a lie. It was it was truthful. My schedule was going to be different. I was going to be more part-time than full-time when I did come back. And based on the times that he was available, I wasn't going to be available for him. So like, I will happily introduce you to another trainer who would be able to fill you in. And then the pushing got more. There was more pushing, more guilt, making up of things, telling me that I said things that I never said. Like it got, it went more and more. And he even called me to ask me to still be his trainer. Two days after I gave birth, I was still in the hospital. (laughs) Oh my. Boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. So I did not respond. I went through management for that and they took care of it for me. So that's the other part of the story is like, first of all, if you know that a boundary needs to be set, do it. Even if it looks like it's something harmless, if other people don't necessarily see it the way you're seeing it, if you know you need to set a boundary, you need to set it. And you need to figure out how it's going to get maintained. And for me, that included getting help, as in alerting my managers to what was going on, getting them on the same page with me, getting them on the same page at, you know, with the same story. Not that we were, again, not that we were making anything up or being dishonest, but just making sure like this is why I can't be his trainer anymore, the reason that he needs to know about. And, you know, making sure that he does not make his way into my rotation again. (laughs) And it also like, it ended up proving itself again because he latched onto somebody else (laughs) and essentially did the same thing. And I'm like, that's what I said. (laughs) Right. You know, I think you highlighted really uh, some really good points there, Carrie, is that you really have to listen to your intuition Mm-hmm. And when boundaries are starting to be crossed, it's not one queen swoop. It's not like, you know, the frog who found itself, you know, boiled, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the water turns up slowly. Yeah. Next thing you know, the water is boiling with the, with the frog in it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know why that weird analogy always sticks to no, my brain. Right. But that that's exactly it. That makes perfect sense. And, and understand why it's so important to understand what our own boundaries are, you know, that, and listening to that intuition is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that can translate into something as simple as like, if you go back to the, the idea of like, I don't take clients on Sundays, Mm -hmm. like, you know, something during the week, like I, you know, you could say, I don't do this right now, but because my schedule is different and it's fine. And it setting a boundary and letting someone overstep that boundary, like, that's okay if you are okay with it. If you make the decision that, you know what, in this one instance for this person, I am 100% okay mm-hmm. <laughs> with adjusting this boundary for them. But then you've got to make it firm for everybody else that like, no, that was a one-time exception and not let yourself get guilted into like, well, you did it for her. Like, well, that was a special circumstance that you don't need to know about. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And, you know, you move on from there. But, um, where was I headed with that? Sorry, my brain goes off in like oh, 8,000 yeah, different okay. directions. Um, oh, but to say something like, you know, maybe say, you know, during during the week, my work day ends at five and then I spend the rest of the time with my kids. Like if that's the boundary that you want to set because you know that that's the only way you're going to get the time that you want and need either with your family or for yourself or whatever else you need to do, 
then you got to set that boundary. So if someone comes in and says, hey, I can only see you at 530, you're like, well, I'm sorry, I don't see people at 530. So we either need to figure something else out or unfortunately I can't coach you or I can't work with you. You know, mm -hmm. you need to not feel guilty about that because people are not entitled to you. People are not entitled to your energy, to your time. You decide how much of you you give and when you give it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, it doesn't mean being rude. It just means that you're, protecting your energy and you can you set these boundaries so that you can show up as your best self if you're letting people push on these boundaries you're going to show up with resentment you're going to have low energy you're not going to be able to give them the best possible whatever it is that you do for them and then nobody's going to be happy <laughs> yeah i i completely agree you know when i started the podcast um coming on here <laughs> is that I had, uh, so much availability, right? Like mm -hmm. every waking moment, almost I was ready. I was okay with, uh, doing the podcast interviews. And what I realized I ended up talking to somebody about it because I was getting really tired, <laughs> like, you know, and physically tired, like that sleep thing that I had mentioned, right? Like, um, you know, being in a job all day and then doing the podcast interviews. And um, I said, well, I think when I get to a certain point, I'll be able to like knock off my days. And he's like, why, why don't you do it now? And I thought, oh my gosh, why don't I do it now? And I did that I many, many months ago now. And I have to tell you now, when I have my podcast interviews, I never have that even in the back of my mind, like by the time I would go into the interview, it would have faded away, but I have put up, you know, like these are the days I do something mm -hmm. and it feels really, really good. I mean, occasionally I, if I have to change something, I change it. Right. Mm -hmm. and, but that feels good to me and being able to hold, hold those boundaries. You know, the other thing that somebody taught me years ago, and I don't know if you do it, but is that when, like, say I get invited to go do something, and this is pre-pandemic, by the way, <laughs> is that um, I used to be able to say, oh, well, I can't, I can't do that, um, blah, 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 right? Like, whatever that reason was, and she's like, well, why do you share that? Mm -hmm. You can just say you're busy. You don't need to actually justify what you're doing. Yep. That's probably a good 10 years ago that, and so I started to do that of like, no, I, um, I'm not available. Mm -hmm. And I have found that it's really rare that anybody will ask why you're not available. And yep. so if I end up needing to like, um, uh, change something or I can't go, <clears throat> Sometimes I want to share just so that they understand. Right. Yeah. But if I can't make something, the chances are these days, I don't, I rarely share. Oh yeah. I learned that a long time ago myself. Mm -hmm. I actually learned it when I was working in uh, restaurants and people would ask other people to pick up a shift for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there would be some days where technically <laughs> I could pick up the shift. Like I, I had the time, but maybe I had already decided that that was, I wouldn't, I didn't call it like a self-care night or something, but maybe I was going to go do something for myself. Maybe I was just going to curl up on the couch and read a book. Cause I never get to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
that never seemed like a valid reason to me to give. So, cause that would be the same thing. Oh, I can't because blah, 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 blah. So I didn't want to have to say, I can't because I'm, I'm going to sit on the couch and read a book and (laughs) while this person needs somebody to pick up their shift and I would feel that pressure on my shoulders. So a lot of times I would say yes. And then it, then I started to realize just all on my own, like anytime I would, you know, send out a text, Hey, can anyone pick up this shift for me? The responses that I would get back that were no's were just, no, I'm sorry. I can't. No explanation, no reason, no Mm -hmm. nothing. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should stop giving a reason. And so I I stopped doing that too. I also, (laughs) I I don't know if you can do this on Facebook or Instagram, but on text messages, I turned off my read receipts. <laughs> ah, nice. So yeah. I know that's kind of mm-hmm. sneaky, but it helps. Yep. Like, you know, if you if you do feel like you need to have a reason and you either <laughs> need to come up with one <laughs> or you yep. need to just find a way to say it where it's, it's made clear that you're not going to be adjusting your plans, <laughs> uh, you have that moment because they don't know it's not going to say red at this time. It's going to say delivered at this time. Mm-hmm. So you can even use the excuse of, oh, good, it already happened. Oh, sorry, I just saw this, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> And not that I encourage mm-hmm. people to lie or anything, but, you know, like if if it's hard for you to set boundaries, that, that could be a helpful starting point until you gather up the courage and the confidence to just say no, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Or something else mm-hmm. that, that I was taught a long time ago is if someone asks you directly, like face to face, and you want to say no, but you're not sure how, or, you know, maybe you would, but you kind of, you know, you're just not sure, is to say something like, thank you so much for thinking of me. Let me check my schedule and get back to you. And that gives you some time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've done, I use that quite a bit, actually. Let me, mm-hmm. let me check because sometimes I don't know, actually, I may or may not be busy or I don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I simply may not know, like, do, is that something I really want to do or not yeah. do? And, and, uh, allows that space, right. I, mm-hmm. I think we're all forgiving with, with that. And, you know, I, I actually really like when I, the, most of my friends have strong boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so if they don't want to go do something, they just say, no, I'm busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't take it personally either. Right? right. Because then when I'm exchanging with them, they're also really like, okay. We and that's the other personal. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, exactly that. That's the other thing is that we take a lot of things personally. And when you can remove that from yourself, that opens up a lot of freedom <laughs> and, lessens a lot of that guilt and shame and all of that too because when you take a moment to think about what the other person's perspective could be it's like we were saying earlier i don't know if we were saying it prior to actually recording or if we said it after but about how we don't really know what's going on with other people Mm -hmm. so you know they might they might say no and we sit there and we take it personally but they said no because you know, there's something, there's some kind of medical thing going on that they have to tend to or family issues that they have to tend to, or maybe they just are dealing with something personally and they don't have the space, you know, they're not ready to go out and do whatever, or, you know, they need 
they need this time to themselves and that's why they can't pick up the shift because they need that time for their mental health or something, you know? So we don't know what's going on with other people and it's not always our place to ask or assume. So if you stop, you know, taking things personally, realize that this is a harsh way to put it, but it's the only way to put it, that everything's not always about you. Right. <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's a harsh, kind of a harsh sounding way to say it. But when you think about it like that, if you take things personally, if you take someone saying no to you personally, it's because you're making it about you. And not everything's about you. It's about whatever they're dealing with and their perspective and their experience and what they're going through right now. And it's got nothing to do with you. But if you take it personally, it's because you're making everything about you and people aren't always doing things because of you. They're doing things because of themselves. Right. And I think that if people need to learn more about that too, that uh, one of my ultimate favorite books is The Four Agreements. Oh, yes. Ruiz, I love right? that book. Don't take things personally. Yep. Like we really don't know. it. I think it, I love how they explain all four of the rules, but the whole don't take things personally is super powerful. It's a it really can yeah. reflect back on us too on mm-hmm. oh, it's really not about me and we are almost all thinking about ourselves first right um as humans right right um, yeah there's nothing wrong with that it's just mm-hmm. a natural thing we're wired to take care of ourselves and think of our own safety first and things like that you know so it's just normal yeah and th- it's that same thing with the whole boundary setting so that you can show up as your fullest self you know, if you're not taking care of yourself first, you cannot show up in your best capacity to even serve other people in the first place. So you have to take care of yourself first. It's not a negatively selfish thing. It's a positively selfish thing. I completely, completely agree. I know this has been such a lovely um, conversation, Carrie. I I've really have enjoyed our time together and I want, um, I want you to share your social or how people can reach out to you. Um, so that, you know, if they've enjoyed it and they want to get some of that, that fun, they really need to go check out your Instagram too. I mean, it's so (laughs) funny. Your reels. (laughs) Thank you. I'm waiting for something to blow up. My reach on Instagram right now sucks. So yeah, if you are interested and you go check out my reels, like them, share them, (laughs) help me bust the freaking algorithm. (laughs) And what's your handle? (laughs) It is Carrie underscore Jokala. So K-E-R-R-I underscore J-O-K-A-L-A. I I should probably figure out a way to get my kids in my videos more often because like my son, JJ, I did one that has, it's completely not niche related. It was just one of those ones where you're like squeezing the baby's cheeks and like Uh tapping on their nose. He's got like hundreds of thousands of views, all these likes. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Like, I wish I was that cute. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, yes, my Instagram, I love hanging out on there. I'm making more reels all the time. Um, So you can find me on there. I also hang out in my group on Facebook, uh, which is also called The Energy Within, just like my podcast. So if you find that, um, you can jump in. Make sure you answer the questions. Um, You don't have to say yes. You don't have to have listened to the podcast. You don't have to give me your email, but just at least answer the questions because I'm trying to maintain the energy and the integrity of the group. And I don't want to let anybody in who might be spammy or weird. Mm -hmm. Like 
bad weird, not good, good weird. Good I'm, weird, yeah. But <laughs> the creepy weird. We want to keep the creepy weird people out. <laughs> um, and then, of course, my website is just carriejoecala.com, and that's where you can go to book a Reiki session, book a card reading. Um, I will very soon be offering the Akashic Records readings. I'm still in practice mode at the time we're recording this. So maybe by the time this comes out, that'll be an offering that's actually up and available. So. Oh, yeah, I highly uh, agree. They're going to want to go do it because your energy is different, right? Like everybody that I know who does acoustic records, they have different vibes. They have different oh, yeah. energy. And maybe when your people are new, they may not understand that or they haven't had enough sessions with different people. But, mm-hmm. you know, I could see where you'd bring the fun and the play into it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that other reel that I just did with the coming in. Did you see that one with like, Oh, the shoot bang, bang, one. and yeah. then the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it, but yeah, you know. yeah, the dancing. I know who you're talking about too. <laughs> you're like, sorry, I'm going to come in to clear your chakras, but we're also going to have fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's funny. Oh. I sent that to my. I showed that to my dad the other day, because um, he really likes the song that's in that video. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I knew he'd get a kick out of it. And now I feel sorry for my mom because my, my, my mom liked the video too. She thought it was really cute. She, I think she likes the song. I don't really know. But my dad texted me the other day. He's like, I think I've played it about 50 times today. <laughs> and it's a classic like, song. Sorry, mom. <laughs> it's a total classic song. Too. <laughs> well, thank you again, Carrie. Yeah. And everybody, uh, I would love for you to go listen to her podcast too. It's really good. The energy within subscribe, you know, go join her, uh, on Instagram. Let's blow up her Instagram. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> all okay. the love, all the appreciation. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's Debbie. Do you love to read? I know I do. I've been reading since I was found in the closet, uh, probably before kindergarten, reading a book with the flashlight. Yeah, I was that child. I can remember as I was growing up during the summer, I would see how many books I could possibly read over the summer. I was always that girl. But somehow in the busyness of life and going through education and momhood and career, I let books that just lit me up without a link to my own professional development just kind of get put on the side. And with all of the isolation that's occurred over the last two years, all the challenges we've had, I really had to come back and find that part of myself that would just love to dive into a really good book. So I have joined a book club. And I'm with Brianna Brown with Badass Book Besties. She's amazing. You can find her on Insta on Badass Book Besties. Not only is she just this wonderful person, um, but she also shares the love of books and learning. And her online book club is just so delightful. So, so, so delightful. I've been able to dive into books Uh, that really bring me a lot of book, you know, a lot of uh, pleasure and enjoying them and being able to go to. We've been reading or we've read already the Elizabeth Gilbert City of Girls, the Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. Um, We're reading a Timeless and she just makes it a lot of fun. So if you feel like joining us, 
feel free to let her know, let Brie know that you found her by me. Again, find her on Instagram on Badass Besties or her website, Brie Brown, which is B-R-I-B-E-E brown.com. Isn't Carrie so funny? I hope that after listening to this, you're able to accept more of your weirdness, quotations, really drop kicking the imposter syndrome, and just really embracing your own unique, beautiful self. And I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to hear your favorite part of our discussion today. So if you wouldn't mind sending me an email or posting on the social media, I would love to be able to have that discussion with you. So sending you sunshine until our next episode.